Hello, everybody. My name's Stephanie Power. I'm a, a journalist. I work mainly for Radio 4, so I come from a completely different background to everybody here. So this is a kind of idiot's guide <laughs> commissioning. Um, one of the, we, we're going, what we're going to do is we're going to talk to everybody here in turn and get some practical information from them. But there's um, speed meetings after this, so you can have one-to-ones with people as well. But we'll also get questions from you. So whilst this is going on, if you've got a question, just sort of stick your hand up, because we might come to you and, you know, not be too strict with order. So that's the plan, anyway. Right. So first of all, um, it's Alison Bakunovic. Excellent pronunciation. Thank you very much. And Josie Grierson. So can you both tell us um, where you're from and what you do? Yep. Um, so I am the general manager of Nickelodeon and Milkshake, so what we call Viacom International Media Network Kids, catchy. Um, and um, so I run both kids' businesses and then the structure there is we have just hired, I'm sure many of you know, uh, Louise Bucknell, who is going to head up kids' programming across both brands. Um, but Josie, who has been with Milkshake for eight years now, is yep. still the point person from beginning to end of acquisitions and commissions for Milkshake. Um, as is Lindsay O'Callaghan for Nickelodeon. Okay, great. I'm going to introduce you all first. So, Paul, who are you? Where are you from? Uh, my name's Paul and I'm an alcoholic. No. Um, <laughs> I, actually, I'm, I am. Uh, I, I'm Paul. I, I work for ITV. I'm the head of digital channels at ITV. So, uh, that includes CITV and four others ranging from ITV2 to ITVB. Okay, great. And Emily? Um, my name is Emily Jones. I'm the commissioning editor for education at Channel 4. Um, and I sit under the formats team, so I also commission um, other outside education as well, but mainly I'm responsible for younger audiences. Okay, brilliant. So I'll start with you two, Alison mm -hmm. and Josie. Um, Josie, do you sort of want to start by telling us about Milkshake? Yeah, so Milkshake is the preschool programming block on Channel 5. We're the only public service broadcaster to have kids' content on the main channel, so we're not actually a full channel. Um, we're preschool, which our main tag audience is two to five years old. Um, we have a variety of shows. We have um, animations, we have Fly in the World documentaries, we have wildlife programming, and we have presenter-led um, music and dance-based shows as well. And so how, how are you two related then? How <laughs> this is my auntie. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as, yeah, so as I run both, you know, Nickelodeon and Milkshake, um, so uh, Josie is very much in, in charge of the, the development and content for Milkshake, which is quite, it's, it's a lot broader than, um, than the Nickelodeon. It's, as, as she said, it's a very diverse content mix, everything from, you know, the big heritage brands such as Noddy uh, to the, the modern um, stalwart British uh, stuff like uh, Pepper to the new stuff um, and also uh, probably the big global franchise as well, such as um, Paw Patrol. So should we have a look at some of the stuff that you do? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Everyone, I think we're ready to start. Yeah! Come on then, let's get stuck in. Good morning, milkshakers. Should we have a birthday card? Are you ready for an adventure? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'd 
just can't decide where to go first. Everybody move to the front of the bus. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Pumpy. Naughty, naughty. I need to investigate. What could be more special than that? Let's get cooking. Hello. We're having a party. Hello, milkshakers. Hello. We're here to tell a story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> when it catches up. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I feel like this, this is all perfect, you know, perfectly encapsulates Milkshake. I think that energy, the breadth of content. Um, so that's what Milkshake looks like. Great, that's brilliant. So for people in the audience then who are looking to see if they can get stuff commissioned, what, what are you looking for at the moment? Well, we're always looking for something that we don't already have. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the amount of people that come and pitch to us and I'm like, Got a program about pigs. It's quite successful. <laughs> <laughs> Not really room for another one. Um, <laughs> stuff we don't already have. Um, in terms of animation, you know, we look for strong character-led, strong story-led animation. We want to care about the characters. You know, we want to we want to see some humour in there. I think there's a big misconception that kids don't understand humour, but they really do, and they really enjoy it and respond really well to it. Um, so do parents. So mm. programs that encourage co-viewing is, is important to us. Um, and we get a lot of positive feedback about that. Um, we're not looking for things to do with bedtime or stories or bedtime stories and dreaming and things like that because, you know, we're a morning block, so it's all about getting up, getting going, getting the school routine on the go, yeah. getting off on time. So we do get people pitching bedtime stories as well, but unfortunately, it just doesn't, that doesn't work for us. So what is your commissioning process? What, say, um, I mean, there are bigger companies, but... It's quite interesting to give information to maybe smaller organisations. You know, ha what, how do they go about getting in touch with you? Well, we, you can get in touch with us all year round. Milkshake programming at channel5.com. Um, we, we have an open door policy. Anyone can come anytime uh, and send us um, their, their pictures, their Bibles, their ideas. Um, what I would suggest is, you know, we do like to see a kind of fairly well-rounded Bible, so we can understand about the show, about the characters, their interaction with each other, you know, why do we care about them, why do we need this show? Um, and a script helps if you have one, a pilot script, so we can really understand what the show is about and the format and how it works. And um, if you have a funding model, you know, it's good to see that as well, but, you know, a lot of people don't at the early stages. And we would say, you know, come, come and show us as soon as you think you've got something fairly decent to show us, because if we think it's a good, a good programme, we can get on board with it and help you develop it in a milk, to be on, you know, on Milkshake brand. And if, it's, and if we think it's, it's suitable for Nickelodeon, you know, I'll share it with my Nickelodeon colleagues and, you know, they'll share it with all of their um, territories. And so, yeah. And sometimes it works for both, for both brands as well, which is interesting. Well, can I ask you both, how, how often 
does somebody get something commissioned when they are kind of relatively unknown? So how do you introduce new, new ideas from new people? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that we definitely have um, trying to do more of. I mean, you know, the development process is, is lengthy and we have things that we're obviously not, you know, ready to announce yet. But I think that is something that in the last 12 months in particular, we've really wanted to open our doors um, to, uh, to the creative community and, and particularly, like, new, um, you know, new and up-and-coming um, creators. I think that's really important. Um, and also because we have the facility to help develop and help them put together a writer's room, things like that, I think actually uh, we're, a, we're, we're a great place for um, new talent to come. And we were talking earlier, weren't we, Josie, about people do need to know who it is they're dealing with. So, um, I mean, I run a production company and it's just me and then people say, you know, you know, they'd like a job in TV and well, I work in radio, so yeah. I kind of haven't even really looked. But you were saying that happens as well with you, that people aren't... What people need to do is work out what's on already yeah. and where they might think there's a gap. Yeah, so I think a lot of people don't actually do their research uh, into Milkshake and what's already on Milkshake. Um, that's what we would, you know, we would suggest heavily that you, you know, you look at Milkshake, you watch the programs, you see the kind of formats we've got, the kind of animations we've got, live action programs we've got, and 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 you know, try and see if you know if your if you think your program will fit amongst that block, you know, because we've got a very very strong lineup, you know, some great brands in there, so you know, your program needs to be able to fit in there and feel like a Milkshake program. I suppose you know the obvious question is what where is the gap but then it's a bit difficult because if you knew where the gap was then you'd have maybe filled it wouldn't you Well yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well also I think you know that's why you know we 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 don't want to be as like sometimes we're prescriptive sometimes we're like we really need this but other times we're like we want to see what's out there we want to see what somebody has bubbling away in their mind that we haven't thought of mm -hmm. like that's you know so I think having open um having an open brief is actually probably going to stimulate more. I mean, we, I mean, we just recently had such success with, a, you know, a show called The Secret Life of Puppies. I mean, it sounds kind of obvious because he doesn't love a puppy, but it was like, <laughs> it, it was quite different from something that we'd done before and it was fantastically successful. And they were like, right, what are, what what are other animals? Like, life um, so yeah, so I think, and again, that's something that is, is very, I think, quite unique to Milkshake, so. And what was different about that program specifically? Do you want to talk? Yeah, it, I mean, it was basically, it was a fly in the wall documentary that was, it was actually a Channel 5 broader show that we, we saw and we thought actually we could make short form out of this with a narrative targeting kids. Mm. So, um, yeah, and we used our presenter and, you know, we yeah. made stories like a lot more simpler and, you know, a lot more digestible for kids. And obviously the narrator is a presenter, so it was very, you know, the kids um, recognised the voice and we just made it really, like, really on Milkshake brand. And it was just so cute and so lovely and, you know, like a really wholesome little bite-sized um, takeaway bit from the, from the bigger Channel 5 show. So do you think that would be useful for people as well if they just looked at what you were doing and then thought, well, we could take that person and get them to do that. This could that work? Or yeah, do you I mean, completely I completely yeah. new ideas. It's nice if they come in and go. You know, we really visualise. You know, Derek narrating this this yeah. program that we've yeah. got an idea of, or Jen, or you know, we think the presenters could work in this way, or because yeah. that shows that they have watched Milkshake and they've they've done their research and they know what works, and you know, they're 
And the presenters are very important to the milkshake brand, um, and mums really, mums really love it because they do, they they have that thing where they're like, that's kind of like what television was like when I when I watch television, and I love that my kids are experiencing that as well. So we think, you know, the more opportunity for the presenters to be involved in yeah. uh, content is good. They're a unique selling point, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. How much do you worry about the sort of um, challenges from other, you know, from YouTube and, and uh, you know, other stuff that people can watch? I mean, it's, it's you know, it's the, the, la the media landscape is changing. That's all part of the mix. Um, you know, we are on YouTube as well. I mean, an amazing thing that you might have seen in the, the, the clip, what started as um, something that we did on World Book Day, which was book reading and, and, and a partnership with the um, Book Trust, we've now actually, because we've got this YouTube channel, we've filmed bedtime stories with our presenters. Mm. Um, that's something that we could never have done before. So also I think mm. it's... Uh, it's an opportunity for us to reach our audience in a way that we've never been able to do. Okay. And YouTube is especially used uh, as an extension of our, of our presenters and their interests and another way for them to interact directly with our um, audience. So you use it rather than kind of panic about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm going to move on to Paul now. So, Paul, can you just um, tell us a little bit more about um, CITV and what it is that's different about it? Uh, I can. Uh, we are a long-established brand. I think we're over 40 years old now. Um, obviously morphed from what used to be an after-school block on the main channel when there were only three channels. Um, we now have a dedicated channel in CRTV. We also uh, transmit or simulcast CRTV on the main channel on weekday, uh, weekend breakfast, Saturday and Sunday. So there is a presence on um, ITV main channel as well. We are aimed at children aged 6 to 12. Um, Almost by default, I think, we tend to get more boys watching than we do girls. And that's partly, I think, to do with our position in the marketplace, to do with the strength of CBBC and some other bigger brands, not least the um, big global American brands. But we, we, we kind of work to that, if you like. And I think sometimes when we might get a project pitched to us and you know the central character is a working class kid from Manchester, it's instantly appealing because we feel like um, uh, he would be at home in the mix. And I think, you know, you asked the YouTube, and maybe we'll come on to this later, but I just want to make the point about linear television isn't quite dead yet. Mm -hmm. And I think what we do is we, um, we create an environment. I think Milkshake do it really well. I'd like to think CITV has got an attitude, a tone of voice that means that the right show in a linear, old-fashioned linear schedule, sitting next to that other thing that we know kids watch, creates an opportunity, whether it's after school or weekend mornings or whatever. So, um, you know, we, we're still firmly behind the channel. I know seemingly every year we turn up at events like this and people think we're about to close it or get out <laughs> of kids or something. Uh, and it's actually, it's the contrary in, in truth. It's an important market, is children. So tell us about this new series that you've got, the um, the rubbish world of Dave Spud. So that is the thing you were just. Well, this about. is well, this is a very good example of a show that I believe was originally developed for CBBC, uh, and the BBC passed on it for reasons that I can understand editorially, um, and then it came into you us. You can understand. Yes, because because it, when you see it, and there'll be a clip, I think, in a short clip in the showreel. When you see it, you'll realise that it's got a tone of voice, an irreverence, a cheekiness. It's it's set in a very ITV heartland area. Manchester is where ITV is strong. We're strong in Yorkshire, we're strong in Scotland, we're not so strong in the home counties, weirdly. Um, so we reflect our audience in terms of the characters that, that we 
um, that we show them. And we like to think that the kids will see a version of themselves in uh, the content that we originate. We obviously acquire things and we have a lot of very shiny global style cartoons and we've still got Scooby-Doo on there. But I'm talking about brand defining uh, content being the stuff that we can have editorial control over that we're not buying off a shelf. And The Rubbish World of Dave Spud is, is a good example of that. It's voiced um, by uh, Johnny Vegas and Jane Horrocks and it's about a little kid who's got a crap life. <laughs> he lives in a tenement block in Manchester. Nothing going for him. He's a bit overlooked because there's a new baby in the family. There's about 10 people living in a two-bedroom flat. But he's got a brilliantly vivid imagination and it takes him everywhere. And that's obviously where the storytelling emerges from. So, so in the, the, the first session today, the 9.30 session, which I'm guessing quite a lot of you are at, talked about diversity, but actually people didn't talk about class and you know, non-class diversity is kind of a really big problem. So tell me, how, how do you make sure that you are representing the, the kind of community you're... Uh, well, we really serve our audience, and our audience yeah. currently happens to be a more boy-skewed um, group of people who happen to live outside London. Yeah. So we choose to go there. And as I said, ITV is quite strong in certain regions. We always have been. Um, and uh, there's an affinity with um, ITV uh, on, on quite a local level. And it's interesting as the, you know, as the market becomes a more global place and it's more difficult to get stuff funded because you seemingly need partners from here, there and everywhere around the globe, that, that actually ITV is a very British brand. Mm. We don't have much of a presence elsewhere. Uh, and so we celebrate that. And, and, and that, that might be a show about a working class kid or it might be a show about, or a game show about espionage set in London that looks a bit like mini James Bond, you know, but it's, it's it, what we do in those places and where we spend obviously more of our money, because commissions are much more expensive than acquisitions, um, and we've got editorial control, then we will exercise it in order to, it's not that we're going after, you know, a down market audience or a working class audience per se, it just happens to be that that's where our audience is, and if we can, deliver more of what they like to watch, then the channel will thrive. And so what is the commissioning process? Uh, the commissioning process is um, very similar to how we commission across any of our channels. Um, I run a group of channels, as I said, and if you've got an idea for CITV, you're more than welcome to pitch it directly to me. You can pitch it into um, Darren or Simon, that some of you might know that work um, on CRTV along with um, some of our other channels. Or if you already have, for example, a relationship with our comedy team and you've got a kid's comedy, you can pitch it to Saskia, who's the head of comedy for ITV. She runs Birds of a Feather, but she can also run, you know, Mr. Bean, the animated series, as far as the commissioning uh, relationship is, is concerned. So I think what we've done is we've just opened up a number of channels to let people have uh, different means of accessing CITV. And it's the same way that they would access ITV or ITV3 or ITV4. Um, it can come through a number of different routes. Ultimately, it will get signed off by me if it's for CITV. Um, so if you want to bypass the <laughs> commissioning team, you can come directly. I'm very open to, um, to emails and treatments and scripts and things being, being pitched. And the other thing that people were talking about earlier in the first session was this new contestable fund. So mm. how do you see you working with that? Well, we need the detail, which I think is coming in the autumn at some point. Mm. 
Um, I think most of us are supportive of the fact that um, it is money that is going to be ploughed into the UK production industry for kids' television. There's a purpose behind it, which is to get better quality content onto free-to-air and the PSBs. Um, so we are behind that. Um, we understand and probably would um, hope that the, um, uh, you apply to the fund as a producer, not as a broadcaster. And so you would come in with a project. And everybody in kids now comes to a project with different levels of funding already attached to it, whether it's a tax credit or a distribution deal or whatever, uh, or a, a co-pro from another territory. So we, we will treat it in the same way. But I think um, it could be transformative for a few companies who are making content in this market for a few of the um, kids' broadcasters. Um, and for CITV in particular, I think it will make the difference, or I hope it will make the difference, between us being able to afford, if I'm honest, um, live-action scripted. At the moment, we haven't got any original, fully-funded live-action scripted on CITV, and that's a real shame. It's down to the expense. It's a very expensive form of television, whether you're making it for grown-ups or whether you're making it for children. Um, if it comes with um, the price slashed in two, um, then we're, we're interested. So I hope it will um, create better quality kids' television and we would love to be a part of it in terms of exhibiting it. Uh, and all we ask for generally are just UK free-to-air TV rights. You can have your license back at the end of the period that we've negotiated and hopefully um, sell it into other territories, merchandise, and license it to your heart's content. Um, so that's, that's, I hope, what we could get out of it and what some of the producers in the audience might be looking to get from it as well. Great. So shall we have... I should have done this at the beginning, but shall we have a little look at your showreel? You ready for this? So excited! Three, Three two, one! Good vibes only. That's exactly what we want. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You managed to do that with one second remaining on the clock. There's some pretty decent spy work there. Oh, I hope you're having fun. I'm having a whale of a time. Hurry! I'm with International Rescue. We're on our way. <laughs> Let's find out what danger awaits us. <laughs> Beat you again. Ow! Did you get so good? Put me down! Together, we can make a difference. Let the RoboZuna game begin! So, I'll um, move on to Emily now. Um, Emily? Do you want to say who you are and what you do? Um, yes, yeah, so I uh, commission... I'm the educa ed ed education commissioner for Channel 4, 
and I commission programs for 10 to 14 year olds and 14 to 19 year olds um, and that speak to the remit. We have an obligation to reach those audiences. Um, but the, you know, the whole commissioning team are responsible for commissioning programs for those audiences as well. And our, our current strategy, uh, which is, goes back a couple of years now, is to uh, put these programs at the heart of the schedule with proper tariffs, proper budgets, and promote them as mainstream Channel 4 offerings. So we're talking, you know, so programs like Gogglesbrog, in the 10 to 14 category, we've had Gogglesbrog's Class of Mum and Dad. Um, you know, we've got a new thing called Postcode Playdates coming up. You know, so those are, those are worlds which feature kids, basically. And then on the other hand, um, I commission programs for 14 to 19 year olds that have a slightly more educational skew, they're more life skills. Um, and uh, they tend to sit at 10 o'clock um, on Channel 4. Um, and then there, are, or there is content that sits on uh, E4, such as Stage School, and we commission original online shorts as well. Okay, great. So shall we have a quick look at a Post. clip from Pesco yeah. Playdates? Yes, yeah, so this is a brand new series. Um, it will play at 8 o'clock later in the year. It's quite a good example of how we are trying to... We bring in these younger audience via shared viewing. So they, they hopefully... hopefully watched by themselves and their parents. It gets, it will get full promotion. Um, and it's about, this particular clip is uh, about a little boy who's, and a girl, a little boy who's eight years old. He comes from a very closeted world. Um, he's uh, comes from a working class, white, um, Catholic family, goes to a Catholic school. And in this series, we take children effectively from completely different worlds, but who live only streets apart and invite them to play with each other. And this is an example of one of the play dates he went on. I think it's really special to be religious because some people in my class don't have a religion and then they normally get in trouble for doing naughty things or they get bullied by someone. Guys, everyone move! <laughs> the religions I know are the Catholic, Jewish and Christian. Those are the only three I know. Are you Christian? No. Oh. What are you then? I'm Muslim. Oh. What's a Muslim? When, when you can celebrate the same stuff but in a different way. Oh. Do you believe in God then? Yes. Okay. Quite shocked because I thought she was Catholic or or Christian. I didn't actually know she was um a Muslim, so that's actually that actually quite surprised me. Yeah. So that that's um that, that, that's one episode of three. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's part of a three-part series. There'll be a different city each week. If it does well, it has the potential to return. Um, and it's, it's a good, good example of the sort of eight o'clock content we, we're looking for. So you, 
that programme is for children, but you don't really announce it in that way. And the fact that it's on at 8 o'clock at night means basically... Well, anybody could be watching Anybody could be watching it. Obviously, it sits on the All4 platform, so it's accessible to children. Because it goes out at 8, it gets this, a lot of press and a lot of noise around it. Um, we don't say, you know, we don't say it's not for adults. No. You know, so, but, we, um, but when you look at the promo for that programme, it is quite clearly about children and it's about a child's experience. And, um, and we've, we've discovered that on all these sorts of programmes, if you put kids on, if you put kids on these programmes, you don't need to say, hey kids, this is exactly, f this is for you. Um, the, the share goes up. There is, there is a hunger and a, a need for this content on Channel 4 from young audiences. So, um, and we find that the shared viewing is the, the best way to bring up the, that share of that particular audience. So how, what other stuff are you looking for um, in, that, in that slot? In, well, to be is honest... It a slot? Does it work that way? Um, well, I, th I suppose when we're looking for 10 to 14-year-olds, we are thinking you couldn't go beyond 8 o'clock. Mm. Um, although, obviously, programmes at 9 and 10 do perform well with these young audiences as well. But we, we wouldn't be commissioning for, for those audiences uh, after 8, maybe earlier on. But, yes, I mean, this is a, 8 o'clock's a very interesting world right now. Secret Life of 4-year-olds does incredibly well. Um, the, the Secret Life of the Zoo does very well. Lego Masters is now in its second series, was up something like 270% on slot for, for young audiences. So the, you know, the landscape's changing, and um, 8 o'clock is an interesting place to be. Um, then there are, of course, the 14 to 19-year-olds, and, and, and that's, a, that's a different sort of challenge. Those, we tend to look for either quite hard-hitting, shocking, shocking ideas, like revenge porn. I often think, what would a young skewing dispatches look like? How can we find a strand which is, has, has young voices driving it? Um, but, we, but, but the real thing that is quite exciting, I think, for a producer is a chance to get a high-volume, returnable idea that has the tone of something like first dates that can sit at 10 o'clock mm. and, and um, has maybe returning characters that the audience um, can, can come back to. So last year we commissioned something called Taxi and Mum and Dad, and that was, we just rigged, a, not an original idea, we rigged a family car and put Tina, you know, and, um, and that, that sort of tone, it was warm and funny, it had lots of modern commercial music in it. That sort of content would be great for 10 o'clock. Um, and, I, you know, we don't receive a lot of those ideas for those slots. And so who's making those, for both of those age ranges, who's... Who are you commissioning? Who's making those programmes? Well, anyone can come with those ideas. Um, the, um, last year we did something called Extraordinary Teens, which was a season, and um, three different indies made singles for that season. And the idea was it was, you know, the life of extraordinary teenagers told from their point of view. I think Libra made a lot of children's content, made one of, the ep one of our episodes, Young, Gifted and Broke, which was about a, who I, about a boy who I think 
featured in a BBC, CBBC documentary year, years ago. I do sometimes think of extraordinary teens as what's an aged up my life, you know. And so that, you know, we, we'll take content from those sort of producers. You, if, you're a children's, if you're a children's producer, you probably have quite special contacts mm. with young people who are probably approaching their teenage years that we would like to see on Channel 4. Okay, great. And we'll do, if we get the right stories for Extraordinary Teens, we'll commission another run of them. Right, right, okay. And so what is your commissioning process? Um, not, not unlike everyone else's. If you've got an idea, you can approach me. Um, you can send an email. Uh, probably that's the quickest way. I think if, some, if you've got a great title, a good bit of access, and a one-line idea, that's probably a better use of your time than sending in reams of mm. you know, treatment, which I know probably have taken mm. the best part of a week for someone to make, right, and then you know, I know within five minutes of reading it whether it's right or not. Um, but to be honest, if you've, got a, if you've got good contacts with other commissioners in the building, you know, they will want to commission ideas for 10 to 14-year-olds and teenagers. You know, it's a channel we... We want to be the voice of teenagers. Mm. Um, so if you've got good contact with them, just pitch an idea to them, really. OK. Can but I... watch, watch lots of Channel 4. Because yeah. often we get proposals that feel like they belong on other channels. So that's the same for all of you, and it's kind of really obvious, but it's watch, watch the programmes. And then, and then maybe... I mean, you were talking about having a sort of formed idea but what if it was like a hundred you know like a hundred word thing where you where as Emily's saying people you can just say no or no because I'm talking to somebody else about something similar is I that think, worth yeah I mean look doing? I think sometimes when someone has like this very great succinct idea I mean we picked up something for Nickelodeon which was a time traveling ballerina and I was like oh that where do I sign um you know like that great idea that's so yeah. well not everything is that simple sometimes it's a book they say, this is a book that we'd like to make. Great, yeah. that tells me everything that I need to know for the first stage. So you're quite open about the way people can yeah. contact you. As long as it's really. sort of concise and you can, you, we can get from it yeah. what we need. You know, yeah. do we have something like this? What are the characters like? Is there a gap for this? You know, have Why we already, kids going to care? Already got it? Why kids going to care? If we can just, you know, it doesn't matter how long or short it is, as long as it, it does what it says on the tin and we can get an idea from it. Of, of what the programme's like, mm. then that's, that's what they can come in all shapes and sizes. So if how it's, do you... If it's animation, uh, so artwork is often mm. uh, really useful because animation can... It's about great storytelling often, but it's about the visual style as well and the kind of texture. Yeah. So um, it's good to see that, which does take a bit of, um, a bit of prep yeah. um, before you can come in. But as, um, you know, as you were saying, a lot of the best kids' ideas have actually been written down first. Yeah. And somebody presents you with a book um, that we know is very popular and they can see how it could translate into television is... is um, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, probably the most expensive thing is if it's a reimagining, you kind of want an animation test to see, well, how are you bringing this into 2018? Yeah. Um, but that's the extreme. Um, I'm going to ask a sort of stupid question from someone who doesn't work in children's. Like, how do you know what children want? <laughs> I mean, it's a billion-dollar question, isn't it? I mean, if, you know, we're all trying to second-guess what our audience want, and um, we, we carry out lots of research, we listen to people, um, we watch what the audience is doing, mm. 
and then obviously you know we take from our own experience but you have to be where you have to be careful about that I'm, I'm it's the same with any audience even if they're the same age and there's the same background as you you have to think beyond your own boundaries mm. right? And we talk to our audience all the time, uh, whether they're kids or whether they're older viewers. Um, it's, it, it's really helpful to just keep in touch. So we've mm. got a, quite a sizable research team at ITV, actually, who work across the piece. And there's regular uh, groups of punters that we can go to, arranged by demographic. And if there's an idea, oftentimes the idea is so good that you think, you know, it's a time-travelling ballerina. <laughs> <laughs> we Done. don't need to test that one. Um, but uh, you can put it to them and they'll give you, and the kids especially, will give you a very honest feedback. You know, sometimes grown-ups, you know, given a cookie and a bottle of pop, uh, they'll try and be polite, but the kids yeah. will tell you exactly how it is. Yeah. So it's often easier to test concepts or even um, finished work on an audience of, uh, a test audience of children. Yeah. I think, I mean, research is, you know, critical because, you know, and I said in the last panel I was on, it's, you know, like MTV and Comedy Central, who are also part of ICOM, they can hire their audience. They can hire millennials from a diverse background. We can't. And so it's really important that we go talk to them from up and down the country and to really see them. The last thing that we should be doing is talking about what each other's children care about because <laughs> Chiswick children are really <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> the, <laughs> what um, yeah, the, the, the rest of the country is uh, looking That's at. That's a great uh, name for a programme, the Chiswick children. <laughs> <laughs> they made a Chelsea W4. Preschool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a really good idea. Yeah. Um, and our audience are really vocal anyway, aren't they? Our, our parents are really, you know, yeah. they, they email us and let us know what they think about things and what their kids think about things. And, and we can, we, you can see what's working. We can see, like, on our competition entries, what the, what the favourite characters are, you know, who's got the most, the most drawings on competitions and birthday cards. And um, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Well, we really know when we're onto something when, you know, a week into launching a show, we yeah. get all these drawings in. And it's like, wow, we might have something oh, really. Cool. So yeah. Everyone's associating yeah. with the character. Yeah. Do you think the fee are the themes sort of similar the way they've been for kind of forever? So, you know, it's kind of I think they generally are. One of the misconceptions, I think, in terms of ideas that we get pitched are that, you know, all children are online all of the time. And look, this is a, this is a show about social media or about vloggers. And that so far, nothing is really translated to television. Mm -hmm. And the way CRTV operates and, and um, as, uh, as we engage our audience, we see it as a kind of lean back, kind of, you know, if you had a hard day at school, you, you don't want to start learning more science or have to do dual screening, you know, you just want to sit back and watch a bit of cartoon or a bit of a, uh, you know, funny comedy or something. Um, and to that end, it's, it's always been that way, right, yeah. from back when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not much has changed. The programmes are much better now and they're much better produced now and the technology that goes into it is so fabulous. Um, but it, kids are kids and kids want their entertainment yeah. uh, in the same form and in the same way as they've... Well, not in the same way. There's many different ways to, to get your um, content now. But uh, in terms of storytelling particularly, yeah, there are certain themes that that have stood the test of time. Yeah, like dogs and yeah. vans. Like, and like your idea. I had a brilliant <laughs> idea yesterday, and it was about my dog and my camper van and, and a fairground and an evil person with a mask. But then <laughs> I realised that's been around for quite some time, so I'll just call it... Yeah, I mean, I think, that, <laughs> I think the thing that has changed maybe more than the themes is um, the various production qualities, like, because depending on what platform, you vary the production quality. Um, 
television, I think, is still the, the highest production quality, mm. but what you might put out on YouTube is less. And, I mean, we're all going to be making content in portrait now. So, um, you know, so that's what's evolving, I think, more than the core theme. Yeah, yeah. OK, so has anybody got any questions that they want to ask? No. Go on, ask a question. <laughs> Oh well, never mind. I've got I've got more. So, um, can I can I speak? Ask you don't you want your about, show, Stephanie. Um, <laughs> I'll ask you about um, E4 and there's a what's did I speak to you about E4 before? Um, well, we've got a new controller. Controller. Um, we don't know what's what. It's a new era. Don't know what that's going to bring. There will be I'm sure there are going to be opportunities for even younger skewing content on E4. It's a, it's a slightly different type, you know, it's different. I, I think the edu we like to say we wear the, our educational credentials very lightly on Channel 4, um, and that's overstating it. You know, <laughs> we, like, we like to uh, keep them pretty hidden. I think if you're going to really grab that E4 audience, um, then you probably need to throw them out the window. Um, we, you know, there is, we do have a duty to the audience to make educational content, but a lot of, lot, we can do a lot of stuff on social media. We can, we can commission online shorts that we can, that are sort of accompanying a bigger linear piece. So, uh, yeah, there are, I'm sh watch, watch this space when it comes to E4. I totally learned stuff from the Big Bang Theory. Oh. <laughs> Very educational. <laughs> yeah. So, and what about, I mean, as you can see, we've cleverly arranged people by sort of age range mm -hmm. in terms of who you make programmes for, but are any of you thinking of moving into different age ranges? Like, would you move into pre, are you moving into preschool? Yeah, we'd, um, we are moving into preschool. Um, don't get too excited. Uh, it's, it will be a relatively soft um, launch. Um, the interesting thing is, um, there's a lot of good quality preschool content out there. And, you know, we know from being at other markets that um, not everything can find a place on free-to-air TV or on linear television. And still, for a lot of producers and rights holders, that's a place where... Because there's often merchandise and toys and stuff associated with preschool in particular. And so you need the eyeballs. Um, so this came about from a conversation with our, um, uh, our sales team. And there are people that don't advertise on CITV because um, we stopped doing preschool on CITV about four or five years ago. And we'd stopped doing it in case anyone uh, would like to know. It's because the older kids thought we had um, a slightly schizophrenic personality and they thought we were a bit too babyish because we'd have preschool content on the same channel that they'd come and watch, say, Thunderbirds on. Mm -hmm. So we had to take a decision in the way that a lot of um, broadcasters have got their, their Nick Jr. and their Nickelodeon or their Disney Jr. and their, and their Disney Channel. Um, we had to, we only had the one, one space. Mm. We've since actually grown the portfolio of channels, not to this point in the kids' space, but we have a channel that we launched a few years ago called, uh, only two or three years ago, called ITVB, which is spot on targeted at housewives with kids or house people with kids. <laughs> young mums uh, and young women drive the audience to that. And um, in daytime, Monday to Friday, we're going to launch um, uh, a preschool zone where there'll be preschool content, where mums can sit and watch with their kids. They'll be at home. And um, as I say, it's a relatively soft launch. We announced it the other day because, you know, people would need to know about it. We'll 
Um, we'll launch it in September, and we'll see where we go. But we're very excited at the opportunity to get back into that game. Um, so, you know, Stutty's on the way back. <laughs> so um, I'll finish off really quickly by just asking you sort of, each of you sort of how positive you feel about the future of, you know, public's uh, PSB. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I mean, I spoke to Paul about the contestable fund, but all, it'd be good to just get a quick word from each of you about that as well and whether sure. what you think about that. I know it's a bit vague at the minute. Yeah, I mean, I, I would completely, you know, to what Paul said, which is, you know, we have to find out what the details are and, you know, hopefully it will have the same impact as the tax credits had for both producers and broadcasters. Um, and really looking at it as an opportunity to potentially bring, you know, different, different stories that we may not, you know, be making. Um, so, so the, I, you know, I think that we just are waiting to, to hear more. Details. Um, and I think, you know, the idea is that they want to be ready to be handing out money at the beginning of the tax year. So, I mean, it's got to be soon because they're going to want to look at submissions um, ahead of that. Um, so, yes. Um, look, I feel extremely to, to the other question, which is, you know, uh, how optimistic I feel. I feel extremely um, optimistic. Like, both Milkshake and Nickelodeon had their best years ever last year. So, um, you know, I think that goes to, and, and you know, preschool is extremely, extremely buoyant at the moment as well. I think there is great content. There is an audience there with a, with a, with a thirst for it. And as I said, uh, you know, mums really, really love, they love channels, they love, um, they love brands and they just, they love the presenters and the content that their kids are responding to. We've got some really great stuff coming down the pipeline for the next year and a couple of years. So. I can't talk about, but you know, <laughs> stay tuned. It's all great stuff, positive stuff. So, yeah. great, thank you. And Emily, um, with the contestable fund, um, like these guys, um, I think it all sounds potentially great. I think uh, we would, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, I'd like to think we take proposals with the fund attached on a case by case basis. The pro projects would have to, you know, have to earn their slots. You know, they wouldn't, it's not a compromise, you know, for quality or, or, or reach. So, um, but potentially, I think maybe a good idea would be to think of a brilliant idea for 4 or E4 and then add the money on top of that so to, to make it even better. And actually, that would give you the edge over, say, the other departments that wouldn't have access to that sort of fund. Um, so that's a, rather than a, like, maybe we can get this through with the fund, it's more like, let's do this, but do it even better. Yeah. Might be a, a good strategy. Um, and with the general point, uh, you know, we're really pleased with, you know, we put a lot of work into reaching 10 to 14 year olds and in a time of declining young audiences, it has been creeping up. So in some ways, that's a good news story. Um, but uh, these are challenging times and, you know, the audiences, particularly for linear TV, are older than we'd like them to be. So we shouldn't rest on our laurels. But the, for me, the priority is the, the, the sort of real goal is to get the teen audiences, the 14 to 19 year olds. Paul, last thought from you. Yeah, I mean, about on the PSB thing, um, there is so much choice for 
kids and as there is for everybody. I think it's just about getting good quality content. If you get a good show, kids will come and watch it mm. um, as much as uh, any audience will. And, and I'm, as I said, I'm very big on the environment. Linear Channel's got one advantage over non-linear, and that is it's a space, it's, a, it's somewhere to go, it's a destination. And if you get all your bits working together and harmoniously, um, you've got, uh, and as, as you said, brand is very important. You've got a brand that the kids will come to in an overcrowded market of multi-choice. Brilliant. Thank you very much to all of you. And um, for there's going to be the, the speed meeting sessions that start at 1.45, so uh, in 45 minutes, in the workstation. So that's when you go out of the cinema and take a left. It's just along there. So you can speak to everybody here, plus I think somebody from S4C as well. I can't really see you, Barry. But <laughs> so I've got, there's two people from CITV, but I can't be there, unfortunately. Okay, great. Thanks very much. Thank, Thank you. you.